quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. The Wrestling Life. Hey everybody, it's The Wrestling Life. It is episode 268. It is June 4, 2021. I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. Liam, we actually do have so much to talk about this week. And as always, so many things we can't talk about right here on the first and still the only wrestling podcast. That's right. We're trailblazers. We're innovators. We started the first and still... Seven years later, the only wrestling podcast. That's right. Lots to get into. Uh, by the way, has there ever been a show where we didn't have a million things to talk about or didn't manufacture a million things to talk about? <laughs> I would say we can always work in like some 2003 SmackDown talk or something if if we're short on uh, if we're short on topics. But yeah, that doesn't really seem to happen very often. Yeah. I did see today before we get into the wrestling stuff. I did see uh, the that new eighty-two foot uh, acrylic pool open in London. It's like <laughs> this clear uh, bottom acrylic swimming pool that spans two apartment buildings, and like it, it's you're suspended high above the sidewalk. And I'm like, there's no way this ends well. Yeah, it's uh you're you're referring of course to the sky pool, uh <laughs> TMCR. Um but yes, my I think the best thing I saw about it was that uh it would be something in one of the Hitman games where like <laughs> the rich the rich evil guy you're there to kill is like like, you know, he's so rich he gets everyone else to leave the pool and gets like a private time to swim by himself and then you, you, the big bald assassin is on is in like a an apartment building on the other side of the street <laughs> and has a sniper rifle and just you know blows blows a hole in the side of the uh of the pool and and the man falls to his death sure i could buy that uh regardless uh double or nothing aew's uh pay-per-view took place this past weekend wwe fired a bunch of people this week and this weekend's uh, wrestling shows: uh, SmackDown and Dynamite on Friday, and uh, New Japan coming up with uh, Dominion on Monday. Lots to discuss. What did you think of Double or Nothing? Um, well, my main thoughts—I <laughs> forgot—are uh, that Bleacher Report Live is the worst digital pay-per-view platform that has ever existed or will ever exist in human history and that everyone involved with the creation of it, anyone who is any sort of business partner with them should be ashamed of themselves and should have to call me personally and apologize to me one by one. Every employee, every executive, every business partner should all be calling me. They should have been calling me since Sunday night to apologize because it's a terrible service. So I ordered the show. Fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, was logged in. Everything's good. Buy the show. Uh, shows up in like I didn't get a confirmation email, but I went and checked in the in like there's like a, a purchase history in your account. Sure. And it was listed there. 
And then I went and checked my uh, bank account and saw $49.99 from BR Live pending to be taken out of my account. So was I was a little upset. Sure. And I, after trying logging in and logging out and trying it on the phone app and the TV app and doing a lot of stuff no one should have to do because if you pay something, pay $50 for something, it should just work. Yeah. Um, so I was already doing more than I thought I had to. Then uh, I tried to connect to like a chat, a like customer service chat. Uh, and that gave me a spinning wheel for about 20 minutes and never, <laughs> no one ever came into the chat room with me. So I got out of that, called their 1-800 number, uh, was on hold for about 35 minutes when I gave up, I think, never got anybody. Uh, how I, I did eventually get access to the pay-per-view via, uh, demanding to speak to the manager on Twitter um i uh i yeah i i went full karen and i i demanded to speak to bleacher reports manager and i sent a tweet explaining the situation got no response sent a second less nice tweet and got a response suddenly where they they asked to uh to for me to dm them and i said i already dm'd you but i'll dm you again and I sent them the, the picture of uh, my purchase history on their website, said, hey, it's in my purchase history. It's also already coming out of my bank. And they said, can you screen grab to show that it's coming out of your bank? <laughs> I said, okay. So I did that, obviously not you know, cropping it so there's no actual personal information in it. But still, right. even that, I was, I was pretty irritated. Because again, if it's showing in my purchase history, if you were about to tell me, if I don't show this, show my bank information to you, right. That I'm shit out of luck. I was going to be very upset. (laughs) So I did it. And then they, and they said, okay, we'll put you through to get access now. Like, okay. And two minutes later it worked. So it's a bad service. It doesn't work properly. I've every time I've tried to order on the thing, um, which admittedly is twice, but that's two times too many. Um, I've had issues. The last time it was just uh, a chore and a half to get it to accept, to get it to stop buffering when I was trying to put the payment through. And uh, this time I did put the payment through and got charged. And then I wasn't able to watch the show. I wasn't able to turn in uh, until uh, a little after nine o'clock, uh, right near the end of the Battle Royal. So. I was not in a mood to enjoy that show <laughs> uh, when I watched the second half of it live. Um, but I think there was some good wrestling on it. And then it went till almost midnight and I was <laughs> not super jazzed about that. So big picture. It's mostly, to, it's less to do with the company itself. Other than that, they choose to continue to work with, BR Live as their digital pay-per-view uh, partner in the U.S. And I don't have the option of buying it on Fight TV and I don't have a, tr- a regular cable uh, company, so I couldn't order it on traditional pay-per-view. So this was the only way that I could legally watch the show. <laughs> I'm trying to give you my money. And in fact, I did give you my money. Right. And it took me over an hour, over almost two hours, because I ordered it at 7.30. So it's not like I was ordering it right at, at 7.59 or whatever. So I was sure. 
I ordered it before the show and then didn't get it resolved till, you know, some over 90 minutes later. So I was in something of a mood during the show that may have soured me more on, on, on it than I, it otherwise would have. Well, we are no longer in the third inning. We are now <laughs> in the ninth. <laughs> Let me, uh, I think the show, the show should have ended after the sting match. <laughs> yeah they went for like i don't know another hour hour and a half after that (laughs) it's like even on paper this thing had like i don't know it was only like nine matches or something like eight or nine matches for i don't know why we can't get that done in three hours i really don't um and their explanation is well we only do quarterly pay-per-views so we want to give people their money's work worth and make this feel like a big deal it's right okay but your shows do not exist in a vacuum (laughs) there is yeah there is a broad world of wrestling content out there and you're producing what six hours a week on a normal week wwe is producing much more than that on a normal week New Japan often produces much more than that every week. You don't exist in a vacuum, and I don't know. Maybe this is just... I I remember somebody tweeting one time, it's like, people who work in wrestling love to complain about how much they have to watch wrestling. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) I never want to do that, just because I'm um, fully cognizant of how lucky I am uh, to have to watch wrestling for a living, but for people that don't have to do it for a living, I mean, you know, it was a holiday here in the U.S. on Monday. Maybe people didn't mind staying up till midnight on a Sunday to watch, but uh, I was working till four thirty Monday morning on <laughs> news coming off the pay per view and watching press conferences, and it's just like this is too much. <laughs> Yeah. Also, uh, also, the world title <laughs> match with Kenny Omega and Pac and Orange Cassidy was just kind of fine, but way too long. And uh, I don't even remember the 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 inner circle pinnacle match was just hot garbage. <laughs> yeah. No. So I did go back and watch the first couple of matches. I at uh, the next day, I enjoyed the Hangman Brian Cage match. Yep. I. I liked the Bucks and Moxley and Kingston match. I thought they gelled surprisingly well, considering what, as we talked about last week, they are not the same <laughs> types of wrestlers. So, yeah, but I thought they, yeah, I thought they did a good job. I thought the Bucks did a good job of being the heels in that match. I think I think you mentioned this. They've they've sort of adjusted their style a little bit um, yeah. to to, and they're they're good at working. Uh, to their opponent's strengths. I think they did that there. They're chicken S heels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it is it is simple stuff and it works. Yeah. Um uh I appreciated uh Cody Rhodes' attempt to end racism <laughs> by defeating the boxer with a figure four. Um but uh I didn't really uh didn't really enjoy that match. That that's uh, just all about getting stuff for getting scenes for his reality show, right? I mean, because yes. none of that clicked with the audience. None of it clicked with 
the whole build for that, nothing worked besides seeing Teal Margaret on TV. And <laughs> uh, that's the only thing that works, the whole feud. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed uh, uh, Anthony Gogo uh, uh, denouncing the U.S. healthcare system <laughs> and, re- and referring to Cody Rhodes as, and I quote, piss boy repeatedly that was pretty funny but other than that no i don't i don't think it was a particularly uh strong outing from a wrestling site but yeah i thought everything up to and including the bizarre ring introduction (laughs) that the very problematic justin roberts gave cody um yeah that's all stuff to be cut up (laughs) and put on a reality show episode that will air in six months Right. That they're hoping will appeal to, you know, suburban moms or whoever watches those types of reality shows. That's that's pretty much it. Yeah. No, nothing else from that entire thing uh, worked. Yeah. But uh, and then, yeah, I thought the three way for the world title was fine. It was a very like judgment day type main event, <laughs> you know, <laughs> a beat. A, <laughs> right. Like we don't really know what we're doing with the world title right now. So we'll just throw just do a three way like and I thought I mean, it. I will say I very much enjoyed I felt being proven right that Orange Cassidy is maybe at least for the heart the hardest of the hardcore AEW fans he is like the guy for them like more than Cody more than Kenny more than Jericho like more than any of these people they were living and dying when Orange Cassidy was seemingly about to win the world title there. Jungle um, Boy, maybe? That's the only one I could... I don't want to be a, a one-upper or a... Uh, oh, no, that's fair. He was he was very over, and I think he has the addition... Which And, I'm, and I don't say this to uh, besmirch his name. Like, right. he has the name of Jungle Boy. Uh, <laughs> I, but he has the sing-along, yes. which is great. And, mo- like, and I think that's a, a side effect of whether you're using... Uh, licensed music like they are, or you or you have a catchphrase, anything that has that can get the crowd like constantly invested with you <laughs> yes. and constantly chanting and constantly making noise for you is going to help them remember you and and I think associate like good times at a live wrestling show yeah. with like you you and your wrestling characters specifically. So yeah, I think I think. Like I think if that's if you want to look on the the glass half full side of it, you can look at, hey, this this show had had some guys. It, it wasn't necessarily completely built around these old timers. It look you do have some younger guys getting getting some momentum and seemingly being rewarded. Hangman got a great reaction in the opener too. Like so, it's like yeah, they have yeah. There's the Jerichos and the Codys and 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 those guys are and Moxleys are around. But man, there's these some of these other guys that were non it that no one had ever heard of <laughs> you know even 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 hardcore wrestling fans maybe barely knew who a jungle boy or a, an orange cassidy were two years ago they're some of the biggest stars you got now again at least to the to the most hardcore fans yeah uh with jungle boy though who won the the uh won the battle royal it kind of becomes though is is he over or is his song over? Like when Dan, <laughs> like when Daniel Bryan was was on, it's like is Daniel Bryan over or is people chanting yes over, or is it some combination of both? And I'm still not right. entirely sure. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we'll find out. Like I think you'll be given a chance to to find out. But yeah, at this point, it felt like Jurassic Express or Jungle Boy was something they it was a guy they were 
thinking about or kind of in the early days of TV went like, cause he was doing stuff with Jericho and he was kind of pretty heavily featured on TV every week. And then it felt like they got lost to the shuffle for a while there. Yeah. Um, but now, yes, if you're, if you're going back to full or near full arenas every week and people are going to be singing that song, like you want that on your TV every week. For sure. Uh, Britt Baker got her, finally became the uh, AEW women's champion uh, like th- two years too late, but it happened. <laughs> yes, it was, it was, uh, it was not a great, there's like a middle part. I liked the beginning of this match and I liked the end of this match. <laughs> there's like a middle part where it completely broke down and Sheeta was trying to do stuff and Britt didn't seem to know what was happening or vice versa. Yeah. Like there's a part where it appeared Britt was going for a spinning net breaker and it ended with Sheeta giving Britt a suplex. <laughs> like, so there was just, there was, it looked like they kind of lost it in the middle, but I thought by the end it was, and they were back into the near falls and everything. And I think you can argue they did too much with, you know, Britt kicking out of the, the, the crutch shot and Sheeta kicking out of the, the belt shot and all this crazy stuff. But, you know, in the end it was good and memorable and, and, uh, and I was, and again, as, as we've talked about a thousand times, I was happy that they didn't just boo Sheeta. Like I was happy that the crowd yeah. was kind of into both of them. Um, yeah. Because I, I think she, she deserved her flowers, which she literally and figuratively got on the, the dynamite two nights before. So, um, and they, and they did a new belt. Yeah. It looks uh, a lot less like a toy now, which is nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I mean, it's a shame it took them, you know, until Britt was going to win the title before they mm-hmm. gave gave the ladies a real belt. But yeah, that's kind of nice. It's still a little small, mm-hmm. <laughs> but but it is certainly much better than that trinket that they were fighting yeah. over before. Well, it's like the the other one. Like I I think the idea was like, well, Riho's going to be the champion, so <laughs> we'll give her a tiny tiny. We'll give her a belt for a mouse. Uh, <laughs> We for Stuart Little's championship belt, <laughs> but anyone else, including Nyla Rose, and then and then Sheeta had it for a year. It's like, yeah, that belt's not very good. Like, it doesn't yeah. look very good, and it's tiny, and it's well, yeah, whatever. This one is better. It's not great, but it's better. Yep, uh, Serena Deeb uh, might be the best worker in the entire company. By the way, uh, she had a great pre-show match with uh, the aforementioned Rio. Yeah, I. Uh, didn't get to see this match because I was on <laughs> I was on hold with uh, customer service that never actually got to me. But uh, yeah, I, I I I is is that on YouTube? Maybe I'll try to watch that. Um, it, it should be like that was on the free portion of the show. That was on okay. the buy-in. So. All right, so maybe I'll, I'll try to track that down because I did see a lot of people just raving about that match, and a lot of people seem to be in agreement that she might be one of the the best people in the whole company and. <laughs> it's pretty wild that she has been around for so long and is like 34. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> we're going to talk about that in a second when we get into the, unfortunately, when we get to the WWE releases, but they're like, like someone, a woman that talented and who seemingly is, you would think would, uh, you know, has been around and has been on television since I was 16 <laughs> is, is, uh, yeah, she's, she's, she's like in her mid thirties. That's wild to me. <laughs> yeah. We briefly t- we haven't t- talked about um, 
what's his name? Miro and Lance Archer. They had a Haas fight. It was short. <laughs> I liked I liked um, that in the middle of the match, Miro kills Jake Roberts Snake. <laughs> and then at the end, Jim Ross was like, that was good. That was a good contest. I'd like to see that again. <laughs> like <laughs> it was like Jim would like to see the murder of a of a of a reptile again. Wildlife. And yeah, then, like maybe you didn't need to do that because, especially because, like, right before the match, they air something I, that I guess they showed on YouTube of Miro attacking Jake during a, a fan fest or something. Sure, so why not? Like, sure. And, <laughs> and then, like, in the middle of the match, they they had Jake come out and and bring this obviously not a real snake, but brings out a bag that we're supposed to believe has a snake in it, and Miro punts it like Sitsky punted the baby. Yeah, and then we just kind of kept doing wrestling for a little bit more. And then, and then Miro won. Sure. And then we touched briefly on Sting. Sting, I tell you what, he's definitely the best 62 year old worker I've ever seen. Uh, edging out uh, Negro Casas, who uh, was, is, was, I think I saw him wrestle on his 60th birthday. And that guy is friggin' incredible. But uh, Sting, older. Um, and he doesn't like move great, but he moves great for a 62 year old. And the match didn't outstay its welcome. And Sting uh, didn't wrestle in a t shirt. So he's taking sure this didn't. seriously. And uh, the, yeah, that was about as, as perfect a thing. It's they generally use the, their legends well. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was it's it's something sort of paradoxical when you compare it to how that like really long weird masturbatory main events um or some of the <laughs> some of the other tv tv segments that uh, we've we've sort of talked about and lampooned over the the months and years that dynamite has been around but at the same time they can produce something like that sting match which was great um and i generally like the way they do their tag matches in that i feel like the normal way is it's like five minutes of of babyface run wild and then like 10 minutes of heat and then <laughs> five minutes come back then you go home and they they more do it it's like five minutes five minutes it's like it's broken down into more sections there's like extra hot tags that i think maybe not maybe not every match needs that but i think it does keep the crowd more invested because it wasn't just 12 minutes of of them doing moves to Darby in a row like they they broke it up and right and and but they still built it up enough that you really wanted to see Sting make that tag and and go wild and then he he does right he didn't do a ton but he did a stinger splash and a scorpion death drop and the scorpion death lock and they all looked good and that's really all you could ask for and he did a diving crossbody off the set oh, yeah <laughs> yeah took a suplex on the stage and then he attempted he attempted a code red. <laughs> he sure did. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and that, yeah, I think that's great. And I saw someone, I might have been Joe Gagne, yeah, I can't remember. Someone after that match said, I think the move is Young Bucks versus Darby and Sting at the, at the Chicago show. And I said, yeah, I think that's it. I think that's what I'd do too. No complaints. Yeah, and you're not going to get an argument for me. That's That makes sense. Um I mean, let's bring in the Rock and Roll Express and make it a three-way. Hell yeah. <laughs> I mean, I really thought they were going to do that match on TV with them and Santana and Ortiz when they did that that angle at the one show. But Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it, 
And like, if you're, I mean, why not? <laughs> like, sure. Those guys, they'll work together. They'll, they'll make them look good. Like, uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. And like time's running out. So yeah, let's get the rock and rolls in there too. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, so Jungle Boy and Kenny Omega is going to happen on TV in a couple weeks. Uh, I think they're on Friday nights. Uh, the rest, I don't know about the 11th. I think they're on Friday night, the 18th. And then I think they're on like Saturday, the 26th or something. They're, they're all preempted uh, most of this month because of NBA playoffs and stuff. But uh, the jungle boy will be getting a title shot on TV. So there you go. Yeah. And that'll maybe help them to start gauging what, uh, what, what they got with him. Like, uh, I, I think, yeah, I think that'll be a fun TV match. And I think, just cosmetically and for the look of it, especially because that's going to be for better or worse, they're going to get, especially bringing in Mark Henry on this show. Oh, and yeah, not, right. not, not that he's going to be a, 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 an active in ring guy, it would seem, but same, same with big show, but, and you had Christian in the match and you had Matt Hardy in that match and some of these other guys. Uh, and so putting, having them put jungle boy over in that moment, I thought was smart just because it's like, Hey, these guys are here. Like you said, they value their legends. They treat their legends pretty well, but we're, we are kind of looking at, <laughs> at the future here. We're not completely just looking to build a, uh, guys who were on WWE television 10 years ago. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which is good. That, and that's sort of, the fork in the road of what TNA did and <laughs> right. And, and generally if you're looking to be successful in professional <laughs> wrestling, you should look at, at doing the opposite of what TNA did between the years of 2005 and 2011. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good call. Uh, WWE stuff. Oh boy. Uh, Jimmy Smith debuted as the new voice of raw on Monday. I thought he was, fine from what i i saw probably two and a half hours of the show yeah yeah i thought jimmy smith's did a pretty good job um i i you could tell that he doesn't know everything yet but he was like calling move names and he's <laughs> he's trying to be really excited and, and energetic and 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 yeah i think if given time he'll be just fine um whether or not he gets that time we'll see but uh, but yeah, I think uh, I'll give I'll give Jimmy Smith's uh, one one thumb up for his his first week. His his energy was really good. Um, yeah, and good, uh, yeah, he seems to be a good like yes and man. Like he's trying to match sure the the um, the emotion, the excitement of of what he's seeing on his monitor. Yeah, and he's very much. Um, boy, those guys are. <laughs> Adnan did it too. He's really relying on Graves. It's like it pains me to praise Corey Graves in any way, shape, or form. But that guy's been <laughs> that guy's been in a tough spot basically since WrestleMania, and he's been uh, he's been doing a lot of work. Mm-hmm, for sure. Uh, Drew McIntyre beat Kofi Kingston in a main event that did much better than whatever the original ratings report was because nobody can get ratings anymore <laughs> except for the people who got them today i think the post wrestling people got them today from or uh, thursday from uh w someone in wwe internally and it turns out like actually raw like the audience wasn't very big but it grew throughout the show and people were into 
uh, Drew McIntyre and Kofi Kingston for the number one contendership. So we get another Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley match at Hell in a Cell. Maybe the funny, funnier part of it for me is, and I mean, when Kofi was the champion, he wasn't often put in the position to be in the main event spot. Yeah, he um, was the mid card, uh, the mid card world champion. Yes. But when they would put him on, I mean, I remember they did him and Brian on Raw, and I think they did him and Owens on a SmackDown in like back to back weeks. And like the numbers for both of those shows were good. So, like, I think, I don't know, I don't want to give Quint Kingston all the credit because Drew, I, I know Drew did some title matches on TV last year that, that drew pretty well when he was in there with Orton. And Orton was not drawing particularly well during that time. So, I, I give Drew some of that credit too. But um, yeah, I, I, I think you, you, put up an interesting match um now the problem may be that you then reinforced that oh we're just we we aren't doing something new we're just we're doing we're doing drew again but (laughs) yes at least in the short term you built up a match kofi pinned the world champion drew is drew so it's like okay it's a protected guy versus a guy that pinned a guy that doesn't ever get pinned so there was interest there, and the winner gets the world title match. All right, makes sense to me. Like that, I can, I, I, I totally get why, and it makes sense to me that people would be into that. And it was a, I thought a pretty solid match. Like it's not, it's probably nothing I'm going to remember in in six months, but like a a very good television main event. Yeah, Drew always works hard in that spot, and uh, and Kofi was really good in there too. Um, let's see. Okay, so WWE cut. A bunch more people this week. Six more people um, that we know of. Uh, they cut Braun Strowman, Aleister Black, uh, Ruby Riot, Santana Garrett, Lana, and uh, Murphy. Uh, any surprises on that list for you? And we talk about there's one th- a, a common theme uh, among several of these people, and it's Braun Strowman and Lana at least for sure uh, signed contracts in that period where they didn't want anyone going to AEW and were giving like Mike and Maria Canellis and Lana $500,000 guarantees. Yeah. <laughs> and Braun Strowman's apparently was $1.2 million. Uh, so uh, they signed during that period. But anyway, of all the six of those six, any surprises to you and uh what does this mean uh yeah i mean i think obviously braun and lana are the the surprising ones because as you mentioned pretty much in that initial 2020 purge pretty much everybody else that signed one of those deals was gone mike and maria (laughs) the good brothers um yeah yeah a lot of the people who had just resigned uh you know six months prior uh, yeah. when, when that darn Paul Heyman put a gun to the good brother's <laughs> head and forced them to sign for five more years and then lied to them and then told Vince McMahon to fire them. Even after, even though Vince really liked them, <laughs> ah, son of a bitch, $750,000 a year for the good brothers. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's every, all of those other people were pretty much gone. So kind of the last one of those, like, person that is on television a lot but isn't really doing a ton and is making a lot of money left so (laughs) yeah that one i i understand braun's a shock just because he's been 
he was seemingly positioned to be the the cane or the big show of this era who's just going to work with every up-and-coming top guy on their way up. And... He, he wrestled the boss's son at WrestleMania two months ago. Right. And, I mean, almost all of these people were, like, on television as, you know, as little as three days before, <laughs> before <laughs> right. they were released. So um, they had just brought Aleister Black back to television, Ruby, uh, Ruby Riot, and we're we're in a match on on smackdown that week you know lana lana was on raw monday like like all of these people were just so it certainly seemed like this this round really came as a shock to everybody involved um and well if you're cutting someone of the that you have put as much time and energy and television time uh into braun Strowman because maybe uh Vince's true favorite son, Nick Khan, looked at looked at it or had someone look at it and go, okay, here's how much we're paying this guy. Here's how much money like his merchandise and stuff brings in television segments do. Does that make sense? Nope. All right, he's gone. Like that seems that seems like we're just we're in a very we're trip we're trimming anything that can be just, uh, considered sort of expense fat. And you, this would seemingly lend a little bit more credence to what we talked about last week. If you're going to sell the company, you would do a lot of things like this. And they've done a lot of things like this. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's just such a weird thing. I, I know it was announced either late last week, or earlier this week that Nick Khan like brought on a bunch of other executives, his, his inner circle, I guess, of, who are going to be, one yeah. of the guys from DAZN who was fired from Fox Sports for sexual harassment and Jim, Jimmy Horowitz. Yes. And yes. and a couple other guys as well. So it's like he's moving his people in yeah. and they are clearly almost no one I would say is safe from from the sure. chopping block. I was like the funniest one. I hope they release Shane. That would be <laughs> that would be the best thing that it would ever be because it would be so it would be amazing. I don't think it's going to happen, but anyone, you know, anyone <laughs> that has, no matter what position they're in on TV, no matter how big of a star, quote unquote, they are, they might just look at it and go, nah, not, not really worth it. Not doesn't, doesn't bring in more money than we're paying him. So he's gone. The timing is interesting too, right before they're about to go back on the road in about six weeks here. Um, I think taping on the road might actually be more cost effective for them than the Thunderdome. <laughs> I think, mm. I, I mean, I guess we'll find out, but I know I do know expenses went up with the Thunderdome, which is bizarre to me, but okay. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, kind of one by one on the people that were released, Santana Garrett, friend of our, uh, our buddy, the icon Sinky. Um, <laughs> She was apparently called up and then just never used. To me, she would have fit very well in that Kelly Kelly, Eve Torres um, era mm-hmm. of of people who um, where you didn't have to be necessarily a great worker. Um, I don't I don't think it was going to work out for her, although not that that mattered. Not that like uh, work rate is a big uh, requirement for being pushed on the main roster. No, 
Um, yeah, I mean, it's she's a weird one because they could have had her for so long, yeah, and they didn't want her, yeah, and then she finally got uh when AEW became a thing, yeah, and then they didn't really she wasn't she was on NXT once in a while to do a job or to be in a battle royal or something. Yeah. And yeah, she she was part of this trio with with Chelsea Green and Vanessa Bourne, who are both also not with her, who were apparently called up to the main roster and signed new like main roster contracts last year after WrestleMania. <laughs> and then obviously Chelsea Green made it on the TV and immediately got injured. But the other two just never never showed up. <laughs> yeah. So it it was it's a very bizarre thing that they just they, and again it maybe it's it's not exactly surprising i think if you if you listen to what Rhea ripley said about her call up where right. she did nothing for eight weeks and then they're like oh by the way you're challenging asuka for wrestlemania tonight <laughs> right um or if you watch that Liv morgan documentary from last year <laughs> where it's just like i can't believe they released that i still can't <laughs> because it's just it's just such an honest look at how nobody like nobody knows what the hell is going on there and people like they'll do something one week and then just kind of give up on it and then we and then we film the talent reacting to being given up on after two weeks like i can't like there's that one there's the ricochet one like i can't believe that they put these on on the network because it does not make their like creative process look look good or functional yeah uh murphy and alistair black kind of paul Heyman guys not surprising that they i mean they haven't used murphy really since um maybe two tv segments since he kind of started dating alia mysterio on tv mm-hmm. um they kind of teased him getting back together with seth when seth came back and then i think he did a job and it's been about it. Uh, Alistair Black, kind of, kind of um, interesting in that apparently they're talking with uh, Zelina Vega about coming back. At least they were a few weeks ago, and mm-hmm. uh, they're married. And I don't know if I was trying to sign somebody, I wouldn't probably fire their spouse. Um, <laughs> so I don't know if that's an indication of how talks are going with Zelina Vega or not. But Alistair Black and Murphy uh, gone. Kind of surprising only because Alistair Black was just brought back on TV two weeks ago with a push. Yeah, yeah, it's that's that seems to be what what's <laughs> what comes at the heart of this. It's any almost any one of these people, I would say, with the, ex- the exception of Braun, you could see it happening yeah. because none of them were really people that were doing much on television. And you and even with like, I'm surprised Alistair was cut now because just brought back but i think we all know like he was probably going to wrestle Big E on one show and lose and then he would be wrestling on main event or whatever and then he would be i would be like oh maybe in six months they'll release him right um because they they gave up on it again but yeah the fact that he was just brought back to television and they spent time filming vignettes and and hyping it up is a big deal. Um, that's uh, that's that's a little bit surprising. Um, sure, it's just just terrible that we never got a, an Alistair Black uh, 
fiend feud. Ugh, what a shame. Um, Braun and Lana, we talked about as surprises, um, but also maybe not surprises because they resigned. <laughs> Do, I mean, is there a chance here that Braun comes back on like a reduced rate? I yeah, we're gonna find out how much everyone loves the biz. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we're gonna find out if he if he truly loves the business or if he was all, if it was only in it for the money. How dare he! Um, but yeah, I, I don't see him going anywhere else. So, I mean, I think he'll be back in some form. Uh, but I don't know that. Yeah, I don't I don't know if he'll ever be back full time. And I don't I don't really see him wrestling in Impact or Japan. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I mean, if I had, you know, more than two million dollars in the bank, it's like what I want to grind um on like independence or in smaller promotions no i don't think i would <laughs> yeah no i mean you can if you need to bolster your income you can do comic cons and appearances and yeah and whatever you want uh or you can just right you can just sit home and be rich <laughs> yeah i mean he had the uh he had that he had that part in uh the holmes and watson movie which is atrocious but <laughs> aside atrocious from... or the movie was atrocious the movie was atrocious uh he was fine in it uh the only good gag in holmes and watson is uh uh john c Riley trying to shoot bees with her with a gun <laughs> <laughs> that does sound pretty and then and they put it and they put that in the trailer so really you just watch the trailer yeah um uh lana AEW, yes or no i i <laughs> I genuinely don't know because yes, obviously her husband's there. Right. They were a good act together right. eight years ago. Um <laughs> can she but, just be in like an influencer or something? Yeah, like I think that would be fine. And if, like if you want to have her like you know sit ringside at an AEW show or something, yeah, or a, you know, appear occasionally on the show. I don't yeah. I don't hate that. I don't like I, yeah, I guess it, again. What does she want to do with her life if she's not wrestling for WWE? Does she? Right. Does she want to be a wrestler? Or yeah, because you know she definitely. And again, now that she doesn't have a WWE contract, she can make a lot of money selling, you know, herbal teas that make you shit or whatever. Uh, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> that's, that's what like what all of those like diet teas that <laughs> fitness models sell. It's like they just make you. They just make you poop a lot. Like that's what that's kind of what they're designed to do. Anyway. All right. Is that what a detox tea is? Yeah. Yeah, that's huh. basically what that is. It oh, makes okay. You... Well, you learn something new every day. Yeah. What do you know about that? Um I mean you'll lose weight. There's no denying that. <laughs> but uh not sure about the quality of life you have while while you're while you're drinking that stuff, but she was one of the people that was supposedly was making like close to seven figures off her, <laughs> off her social media before WWE cracked down on that. So I think she'll be just fine if that's the the route she wants to go. Yeah. Um, otherwise, you know, send her to Impact. I don't care. <laughs> Ruby Riot. I've been talking on the show for at least four years about how. If I had a performance center or a school, I'd hire Ruby Riot to teach. I think she's a great worker. I think if when you're 
putting a match together it's like if the other person can't work that's fine she'll work hard enough for both of you if the other person can work she'll do their kind of match she's um smart at putting matches together she can get a good match out of anybody and but and you know if she were uh four inches taller blonde and had implants do you think there's a, a chance in hell she'd have been fired probably not um <laughs> probably not but yeah that's uh, it's kind of amazing that she got as far as she did i think she was someone that t- uh took advantage is a weird word a weird way to phrase this but i don't know what other way to phrase it they were doing the women's rumble and needed more women on the roster <laughs> sure so they brought up her uh Sarah and Liv on the one show and then they put uh whoever uh Mandy and Sonia with Paige right like, and they brought them both back on like the same week of television and did the same segment basically on both yes. shows yes they did. um so I don't know like I don't I would have assumed she would never get out of NXT uh right. and then she wrestled on the main roster and had title matches on pay-per-view and stuff like that and no she didn't have a uh you know a tremendous tremendous wwe career but yeah I, I think you could say that she maybe overachieved as far as what you would expect someone who looks the way she does <laughs> to succeed in vince mcmahon's company sure and i was heartened by the fact that bryce Remsberg of aew was talking was uh tweeting after she got released about how uh it's going to be her world uh and it's like, okay, I don't trust Tony Khan or Kenny Omega to book women's wrestling as far as I could throw them, just based on their track record. But at least somebody in that company uh, knows, at least somebody in that company knows about her. That's, what I'll, yeah. that's how I'll put it. And uh, I was thinking, someone who works for AEW follows me on Twitter. It's like, I might DM this person and just say, hey, <laughs> Can you can you hire if you know what you're doing? Will you hire this person, please? Yeah, I I was most struck by and this this always happens when they're like everyone says nice things when people are released. Yeah, but the sheer volume of things and I just I just want to read this tweet that Bailey sent out. This is Dory, who is is Ruby Riot's real name, got all of the dog mom's roses on Mother's Day. <laughs> She sent me flowers when my grandma passed away, organized locker room birthday parties, sent a gift to Chelsea from all of us that hurt, and made Jess, who is uh, Peyton Royce, I believe, a video to tell her we yep. miss her. Uh, it's, and, it's Billy Kay. Oh, Billy. Okay. And, and a video to tell her we miss her and is one of the greatest wrestlers out there. <laughs> like, yeah, pretty ringing endorsement. Yeah. So, yeah, I think everyone, everyone should want to sign her. And, yeah, I you need people like her as you mentioned and kind of what i was was hinting at earlier when we talked about serena being relatively young for how long she's been on television like ruby wright's been on you know ha- is 30 years old like she is yeah. not she's not an old veteran that's broken down and needs to be just a coach like she has plenty of time to both be a star on someone's television and also as you mentioned can work with a say a red velvet or a jade or a Ty Conti and help them get to the next level as well. And you need more people like that. You're they've, they've sort of begun, I think in AEW to build a decent nucleus around that women's division, but you definitely still need to bolster that. 
and Ruby is like of all of the people that were released, even if, you know, even if like undeniably Braun was the biggest name out of that group. But if you're telling me I can sign any single one of those people based on what I need on my television right now, I think Ruby's the first one I call there. Yeah. Yeah. AW really needs her. Uh, hopefully they see that. All right. Anything else you want to get into or uh, should we wrap it up? No, I think we've, we've covered a lot of ground. My, my hatred for BR live, uh, an okay pay-per-view, all of the firings, uh, Jimmy Smith's doing a pretty good job uh, as the raw announcer. Uh, yeah. Uh, more just the, the never ending cycle continues and we got, we got SmackDown and dynamite and new Japan all this weekend. So it just, it just never ends. Oh yeah. New Japan Dominion coming on Monday. Um, should be a couple killer matches on that show for sure uh, and you taught me about the detox tea that's right we we can't we we always learn something from each other on this show <laughs> that's right all right till next time everybody i'm ethan and i'm liam we'll be back soon with more stories from the wrestling life adios Thanks for listening. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Now, here are this week's bonus features. Oh, oh hang on. <clears throat> ah, there we go. <laughs> Coke energy. ASMR portion of the pod. Man, I'm gonna miss this stuff. <laughs> I should have put two and two together that uh that's what that T did, but I didn't really think about it until I saw the I don't know her I think her name is Jamila Jamil. Uh it's the woman from the good place, and she also inexplicably hosted one of those TBS game shows. Um and she I, was is she the one that's uh Gronk's girlfriend? Maybe she's like the taller. I believe she's Indian. Oh, no, no, no. That's definitely not her, but okay. okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, she was on. Uh, yeah, she was on the good place. Anyway, anyway, but she did like a whole like parody video of that. Ah, I see. And and then like led like a, a viral campaign about getting uh, where she attempted to shame like the Kardashians and other people that would that promote that kind of of uh, detox stuff oh. on their on their social media so i was like oh this is this is an interesting thing i found out that no this they aren't, they aren't so much making you healthier as they are just having you lose weight by uh pooping every lit everything yeah. out of you yeah that's the, the time that's the deal with the the you know it, every couple of years like that uh cayenne lemon red pepper drink mm-hmm <laughs> it's like that's all that that's all that does it's like there's no special properties to it it just it cleans you out Mm -hmm. (laughs) Gronk's girlfriend is uh, on the John Cena wipeout show Uh, she's like the sideline reporter oh okay I try to keep on keeping on